Into every generation, there is a chosen one. Uh, excuse me, two. One girl in all the world. Two, two girls? Who is this guy? She is... This might have been a... Big Miss Steak. Steak. S-T-A-K-E. Like what you kill a vampire with. A Buffy podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Big Mistake. It's a Buffy podcast. And today we are here to talk about season two, episode six of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Halloween. We did it. We made it. We finally done it. We made it to the Halloween episode. One of the greats. Oh, I didn't introduce us. I'm Melissa. Hi. Uh, hi, I'm Aditi. You all know who we are. We all know why we're here. We've been on your dance card for years now. <laughs> okay. Episode summary. Trick or treat. Buffy, Willow, and Xander are recruited by Principal Snyder to trick or treat with the neighborhood kids, but the night doesn't turn out as they had planned when Buffy's costume causes her to lose her slaying ability and the other kids transform into their costume characters. Meanwhile, when Giles begins to pace together the night's events, he learns that it's his past that is making this a very haunted Halloween. Woo! Aditi, do you have any feelings, thoughts, feelings before we get into it? I thought it was really fun. I would love to hear your thoughts, both as small Melissa and adult Melissa. Oh, small me was all about this episode. Adult me also all about this episode. (laughs) I watch this episode every year around Halloween because it's delightful. It is. And I was especially curious to hear what you thought because a lot of the things that you seem to be having frustrations with regarding the show have been addressed in this like oh that's right we have smooch we have smooching we have smooching angel and buffy are moving forward we learn a little bit more about daddy giles's dark past which i know you've expressed interest in before (laughs) we have your love of victorian era romance (laughs) i feel like this this episode has a dd written all over it. Oh yeah. I also, it has pumpkin patch, which I have now become a late adopter to after living somewhere that has seasons. Aditi is also a huge fan of a baby wearing a pumpkin costume. It's true. If I could have it my way, I would demand that all children as they begin their life on earth until they reach one year should wear a pumpkin costume. I think it is the pinnacle of cuteness. I think that it is festive And I just think everybody should do it. Everybody should do it. Talk to me if you need help sourcing one. Are you just sitting on a basement full of baby pumpkin costumes? Is that what you're saying? Um, I know a guy. Uh, (laughs) I know a baby. (laughs) I know. I sure do. I sure do. Pumpkin baby costumes are great. Pumpkin patches, a delight. Yeah, I thought it was also one little thing as well was the like little banter between Cordelia and... Xander, I'm curious to know. I'm sure at some point in the six seasons, they'll have that interaction at some point because it's like very clear there's like little bits of it there. You mean a biblical interaction? I mean, again, as we mentioned last time, (laughs) the the mere whiff of a biblical interaction. (laughs) (laughs) They might behave uncatholically together. They may behave unchastely. (laughs) It was super fun. I love, I mean... I think Halloween specials are so fun. So yeah, I thought it was 
I thought it was super fun. I thought it like set up a lot of great stuff. It moved a lot of plots forward. I just think it was like a very clever storyline. The, the, what's the name of the, the, the costume shop owner? I would love to know what you think his name is. Steven. Who is this white man, Aditi? Let me, let me fucking tell you. (laughs) I don't, I just, I, it, it is a struggle. I don't know. Uh, Corey, Steve, Ethan. There you go. Is it Ethan? It is Ethan. No. His name is Ethan Rain. You know what? I think in life, I should just know I'm going to get there. Whatever there is, just give me like three choices. Yeah. And I'll get there. Wow. This is incredible. You heard it here first. <laughs> Aditi's white name aphasia cured. Uh, curing. Uh, it's, it's on the mend. It's on the mend. It's on the mend. Um, it is, it is still a wonderful power move, but. Wow. All it took was one good white man. <laughs> it only takes one. <laughs> do you want to do first impressions? What was your first impression of Stephen, Corey, Ethan, Rain? Uh, so when I first met, uh, Stephen, Stephen, uh, Corey, <laughs> Corey, Evan, Ethan, my first thought was, now here's a man who loves the holiday. And then... <laughs> this guy seems fun. This guy seems spooky. Like, in a world with spirit Halloweens, just, like, dilettantes to the holiday experience, here, my friend, is a savant. Here is a true artist of the Halloween experience. So I was like, cool. You know what I love is that he named the costume shop after himself. <laughs> Stevens? Yeah, Stevens Halloween. <laughs> like, he didn't have to summon a spirit to, to lure people to his <laughs> shop. He just called it Ethan's, and he knew that people would people would understand his love of the holiday. Yeah, I think that in a in a world of spirits, he has the true Halloween spirit. Alright. I will tell you my thoughts about Ethan Rain. As a child, I thought he was nondescript and boring. Mm. As an adult, I think he is very slimy, a little oily, (laughs) very spiritual, obviously. (laughs) I don't think he takes it far enough. Yeah, I mean, he's not calling it, like, Samhain, you know, which I think would have been a nice touch. (laughs) I like that he likes to leave a signature. Like, (laughs) he's sort of like the Riddler. I I like that. I like that kind of flair, that sort of confidence in yourself. Tell Giles I want him to know it was me. (laughs) And (laughs) look out, future careers. He is bilingual. He speaks Latin. Latin's a dead language. Well, in this economy, I'll take whatever I can get to make yourself have an edge. He can he can go work with the coal miners speaking Latin. Dying language, <laughs> dying industry. Ooh. Don't tell Joe Manchin. <laughs> I'm gonna go tell Joe Manchin. I'm telling him right now. I'm gonna call <laughs> Joe Manchin. <laughs> Steve Manchin. You need to know something. Kyle Manchin. Get him on the phone. <laughs> I will tell you, ever since the hiatus, my feelings as well on Principal Flaudy have changed. Principal Flutie is the one who got eaten by hyenas. Oh, shoot. Snyder. That's right. Sorry. Snyder. Sorry. My my opinion on Principal Snyder has changed because at first I was like, this man is just doing too much. He's like me. And now I'm just like, he's so, he's so comical. He's so bad at his job. He's so funny. Like when he was like, you delinquent, 
get over here. Take care of the children. Like, you want a delinquent taking care of children? I love it. I just, I love him. He's perfect. He's deeply funny. I I didn't understand, and now I understand. So now I thought he was very funny at the beginning. I feel like Ethan Rain should take some notes from <laughs> Principal Snyder, because he's just not pushing it far enough. No, no, no. Like, well, I guess he pushed it kind of far when he was praying to, uh, did, he, did they call it Janus or Janusz? Janusz. Just like the guy in the Great British Baking Show. Aww. But he's perfect. Yeah, he is delightful. Only one face on him. Yeah, he's a little prince. Yeah. If you listen to this pod by any chance, we love you. We love you. Come on the pod. (laughs) Teach us how to bake. Yeah, so my first impressions were that Ethan seems very committed in a world that is not committed. I'm very, very curious to see the storyline between him and Giles play out, hopefully. Yes. You know this episode is going to be a banger when it is written by a combo of Joss Whedon and a man named Carl Ellsworth, who is also known for writing the 1998 television series adaptation of the Animorphs book series. (gasps) Well, well, well. It's all coming up, Melissa. It's all coming together. (laughs) Do you think any of the Animorph peeps would be friends with the Scooby gang? Well, I think there's an age difference. Yeah, because they're in middle school. They're child soldiers. Yeah, they're they're child soldiers, yes. We do have fun. I love that during a global pandemic of unprecedented levels of dysfunction and, and cruelty, you're like, you know what will soothe me? Morality story about child soldiers. I didn't remember any of that. I was like, oh, I'm just going to revisit this series from my childhood. It'll be nostalgic and fun. Maybe I'll learn an animal fact or two. And then it was like the most heartbreaking journey. I mean, like, yes, there was a lot going on at the time. But when I got to a certain point in, in the series, I literally cried for days. I know, buddy. I know. <laughs> no, buddy. I remember when you texted me, and you're like, I'm about to read the final one. And I was like, OK, I'm here for you. And you said, okay, I'll call you after I go for a walk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So deeply unwell. What a time. Woof. What a time. And you know that was probably, like, the best socializing I had, like, in days. (laughs) So, great writers, obviously. Obviously. Should Should we slay our nay? Let's do it. Slay or nay. All right. What did you think, Aditi? I mean, lots happening, lots going on, but Miss Willow looking so fucking fly with those leather pants, that wraparound crop top with the long sleeves, the hair, like, you know, and the little, like, strands in front. I mean, literally, kids are wearing that now, so she looks fucking fly. Yeah. She looks so good. And, you know... She's always relegated to wearing like big sweaters or she's, I mean, especially in the first season, she's dressed so childlike. And I love that because, and I think what's really cool about this episode is like, yes, she does dress differently and then gets the attention of, um, Oz. Oz. I'm sorry. Again, (laughs) my white name aphasia. Your white name aphasia extends to Oz? (laughs) I don't, I was like, I don't know, Seth, Seth Green. But, like, in the show, her new wardrobe is, like, 
you know, getting the attention. But I, what I like about it is that she's still very much herself. She's still a deeply loyal friend. She's still super smart. She's still like getting to be all of these great qualities, but this extra confidence of being, you know, being the only person who can do something because she can move around. She hasn't been affected by lack of like memory of what's happening. So I, I loved her outfit. I love that it, yes, gave her like glamour and confidence, but she's still Willow. Yes, I love that too. And this was like a big one for me because I was like, wow, maybe there's hope for me to be a thought in the future. And now you are. I am the thought that was in me all along. It's beautiful. Yeah, I I believe it. I've, I've seen them selfies. And the other thing about this and her interaction with Oz <laughs> is that when Oz first sees her, she's covered head to toe in her sort of exaggerated Inuit costume. And he sees her and his reaction is, who is that girl? And then he sees her here where she's confident and she's in something like a little more revealing and he still has the same reaction to her because she's still very much herself. Yes. You can tell that it's a sort of, I appreciate all flavors of Willow sort of, yeah, sort of attraction to her. And I thought that was really cool as well. I thought it was very sweet. I thought that um, the other clothes in the episode are, I mean, that's honestly just like such a standout. I think Buffy's 1700s dress is obviously very pretty. The iconic princess dress is Cynthia Bergstrom's favorite piece of the series. Cynthia Bergstrom is the costume designer for Buffy the Vampire Slayer from season two to season six. Oh, wow. She got that gig after doing the costumes for Scream. Oh, cool. Yeah. Which is which is cool because in one of the earlier episodes, I think it was Harmony's first episode, we were saying she's dressed sort of like Tatum from Scream, but Tatum did it better. So I'm glad that they got that costume designer on this show. Another fun fact about her, she earned a master's degree in spiritual psychology with an emphasis in consciousness, health, and healing. So do with that what you will. Woof. Let's, <laughs> let's hope that she uh, doesn't have student loans on that because that's just double homicide. I mean... Apparently it served her well. <laughs> That's true. I I really think even apart from the costumes, everything in this episode was a hard slay. Yeah, it was a hard slay. I mean, the the clothes that the girlies are wearing at the bronze, great. Mm-hmm. Um, I even thought Xander's little button up was cute at the beginning of the episode where he has his masculinity challenged. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought Angel looked handsome. I do have Angel on my list. I did say everything in this outfit was a hard sleigh, but unfortunately, Angel is my one (laughs) exception. Oh, no. Because in the very beginning of the episode, when he's at the bronze waiting for his date with Buffy, what does he choose to wear? A comically oversized (laughs) light blue shirt. Sir, do you not know what your whole vibe is? Do you not know why people like you? Oh, because of his his, his abs? Because of his leather jackets. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe he was trying a new look. He was trying. Didn't stick the landing. (laughs) I think he's very handsome. So I thought it was fine. Spike, you know, Spike, honestly, Angel walked so Spike could run in his leather jacket. He looks so good. Drusilla is also there. (laughs) That's all we can say about that. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry, little girl. Did someone not tuck you into bed? Like, what is this? We'll get there. 
<laughs> there are some other slays. I know I've been really hard on plaid pants recently, but I have in my notes, this is how you wear plaid pants about Buffy's outfit in the beginning of the episode where uh, they're bullied into volunteerism and then they go to the costume shop. She's got like a, a black tank top and some really, really cute plaid pants. And I think she got a haircut because I really, it looks a little shorter. It's very cute. Yeah, she has really cute bangs now. And I really liked her date outfit from the pumpkin patch. I like that she was wearing a leather jacket while she was fighting the vampires. I'm surprised she has such a range of motion wearing a garment with no stretch. It's probably easier to clean. All that blood just slides right off. Mm. All that dust, (laughs) should I say. (laughs) Poor Joyce is like, why are you so dusty? (laughs) She's like, my daughter, a failure. She's so dusty. (laughs) And I have that Xander's army outfit was a sleigh. Has your prince been working out? Because his arms are looking good. Once he took that jacket off, I was like, all right, I'll allow it. (laughs) Were you like, sign me up? (laughs) I was like, I want you. (laughs) The few, the proud, the Melissa. (laughs) Wait, I have to ask, did you get recruited in your high school? Did 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 the army come to your high school? Oh, yeah. The army came to our high school. Mm -hmm. They had people who spoke English. They had people who spoke Spanish. Mm -hmm. They had bumper stickers that said, I am the army. They had bumper stickers that said, yo soy el army. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, we were in high school during... uh... During the Bush years. Yeah. Oh, gosh, we're dating ourselves. They, they, they were trying. They were, they were trying pretty hard. So you had recruiters too? Oh yeah. They even sent like the, the, the token lady. Ooh. That was like, you too can be army strong and a lady, a lady strong. Girl boss, murderess. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. We had that. We also, um, I can't remember, but I think we had a border patrol recruitment as well. (gasps) Cause it was right after ICE was formed. So, uh, pew pew. It's actually shocking how that is allowed in an education environment. But, uh, so much of what happens in public education is suspect. Much to think about. Much to serve. It's serving. (laughs) (laughs) You slayed. Now what? (laughs) Do you think that, uh, they would have recruited Xander? I mean, I think Xander is in a population that they prey upon. (laughs) He comes from like a blue collar background. Mm -hmm. He has the army fatigues at home already. I think he has family (laughs) in the army. Yeah. Yeah, and he had his masculinity slighted, so he must prove himself. Yeah, he has a lot of untapped rage. He feels (laughs) a lot is owed to him. (laughs) Wow. USA, baby. So that's fun and nothing to contemplate. <laughs> Don't think too hard about it. Little lady, please. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of little ladies, uh, <laughs> I thought that Cordelia's look served. I thought that her sexy cat costume was very on brand. Like, of course, of course she's wearing a skin tight cat costume. Please. She's not going to dress up as like a harridan. A what? A harridan. It's like a. It's like an Irish term for like a like a witch, like a like a crest. I'm gonna look it up. I had no idea. Oh, that's not true. A harridan is a strict, bossier, belligerent old woman. So it's me. Cordelia dresses like a harridan every day. She dresses like a bossy stepmom. 
she she's not gonna dress like uh like a ghoul she's not gonna she's not she's never gonna be not hot she'll like she'll do the bits like she'll dress up for their uh international day of offense of other cultures (laughs) she'll dress up for halloween sometimes it's both is she offensive to cat culture here like no sometimes halloween and being offensive to other cultures is the same oh okay the thing is like much like the army, she's the army of one, and the one is her, and her is being sexy. Wow, that's beautiful. <laughs> she reminds me of an old me. <laughs> so for Cordelia this episode, I have the dedication that she actually wears gloves with her Catwoman outfit is unmatched. I love that she really commits. The outfit that she wears when she goes into the bathroom and she is sort of like, I'm the slayer of seduction to (laughs) Buffy and Willow. She's got like a white button down, red sweater vest, and a black polo skirt. And I feel like this combination is somehow both old stepmom and young school person. And I don't think she's hit both demographics like that before. So I applaud that one. Her confidence. Incredible. Unrivaled. (laughs) She's Army Strong. (laughs) (laughs) is it cute oh we have so many potential cuties okay i have our first cutie ethan rain Mm -hmm. we've already discussed him a little bit but i want to i want to give a little bit of background information on him he is played by robin Sachs, r.i.p He unfortunately passed away in 2013. Pour one out for a real one. He is also famous for doing lots of voiceover work in video games. But more importantly, he is Ceres from Galaxy Quest. Oh, that's great. What? Are you not a Galaxy Quest person? I was trying to play it off. Uh, (laughs) I feel like your dad would love Galaxy Quest. What is Galaxy Quest? I feel like this is a glaring omission in me trying to be a sci-fi baddie. So Galaxy Quest is a movie starring Sigourney Weaver, Alan Rickman. Oh yeah, my father's so into this. Tim Allen. Tim Allen. Was this pre-Home Improvement? I believe it was post-Home Improvement. So post-Home Improvement, pre-mental degradation to be conservative. Yes. I feel like it's a very your father kind of movie. You know, the man's taste, highest of highs, lowest of lows. I'd say this one's a high stakes. (laughs) Okay, well, that's good to know about our pal, Ethan Allen. Ethan Allen. (laughs) Okay, I also have for Is It Cute the monster children that were turned evil. Mm -hmm. No. (laughs) Not cute. Like, I saw Children of the Corn at a formative age, and so the idea of murderous children is deeply frightening to me. Well, okay, so I'm intimidated by children at the best of times. Mm -hmm. So I said, personality, not cute. Mm -hmm. However, (laughs) I will say, (laughs) I will say the idea of a bunch of little mini demons scurrying (laughs) around, that's cute. You know how a slider is cuter than a hamburger? Yes, and both will eventually kill you if you eat too many of them? Yes. Hmm. Physically cute. I, uh, I'm gonna say no. I think that the only <laughs> cute evil thing is, uh, Mr. Manager, RIP, to my little prince. He's off into the, the, the big office in the sky. I think, uh, so far I'm 0 for 2. I don't think Ethan Allen is cute. I don't think that the murderous children are cute. 
I'm so sorry to say it. I think Yanush is cute. I think he had great facial structure. The, the statue? Yeah. All right. Statue, cute. Statue, cute. Oh, yes. Statue, cute. Great face. Personality of the statue? He He's very shy, so I couldn't really get a good read. Mm. He seemed a little bit duplicitous to me. Mm. A little two-faced. Mm. Mm. My goodness. But he was very upfront about it. So honesty, cute. Honesty is cute. Having chiseled uh, cheekbones, cute. <laughs> Not really knowing what the person is thinking, cute. Ooh, mysterious. <laughs> Making me work for it, cute. Cute. <laughs> Army of two. <laughs> who else? Who else should we discuss? I have Larry. Larry is the one who challenges Xander's masculinity and then comes back as a pirate. Oh, no. None of these boys are cute. I, too, think Larry not very cute. However, Larry is played by an actor who is also named Larry. Larry (laughs) Bagby III. Cute. Very cute name. Very cute. Larry also plays Ernie, a.k.a. Ice, from Hocus Pocus, one of the bullies. Wow, his his bully oeuvre is strong. I mean, with a shape like that. (laughs) With a thick backhead with which to carve a name onto. Mm-hmm. Larry, Larry Bagby as bully and as pirate, not cute. Not cute. However, Larry Bagby, the actor, mm. physically not cute. Personality, a little bit cute. I'll tell you why. Tell me why. His true passion is country music. Aww. And everyone should visit his website, LarryBagby.com, because it's so earnest and he is so bad at writing about himself. <laughs> the biography on that website is so passionate and so poorly written. And it details his lifelong love of music. It's, it's very wholesome and cute. Following your dreams. Cute. Anyway, Spike cute though. Spike is cute. He's just, he's very smart. I like that he's adopted modern technology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought that too with the camcorder. Yeah, he sent the little guy out to creep with the little camcorder. I do think that it's great that Spike is bringing in a new energy to Mm -hmm. the company. However, I am concerned by the prevalence of surveillance capitalism. I did not consent to being recorded, but here we are. He's learning. He's learning what we like. He's learning so we can sell. We can get things sold to us. I gotta be quite honest with you. I don't think Spike cares about consent too much. Yeah, that's fair. Well, neither do a lot of companies that are recording us, so... That's very true. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like uh, we've really gone, like, the master was blockbuster. Mm -hmm. Lil Colin Mm -hmm. was Netflix sending DVDs through the mail, and Spike Mm -hmm. has finally brought us into the streaming era. Yeah, just just machine learning what Mm -hmm. we want and force feeding it down our throats. Mm -hmm. And the sad thing is, we like it. He's cute. Look. Cute's cute. Cute's cute. Can't argue with cute. I got nothing to hide. <laughs> I got nothing to worry about. I didn't do anything illegal. Exactly. I'm just I'm just out here living my cute life. <laughs> I'm, I'm just being cute as hell. Who wouldn't want to film this? <laughs> yeah, he's he's just bringing us into the next level of uh, our hellscape. Mm-hmm. And now a word from our sponsor. What's that? 
It's almost Halloween. We thought we sensed an uncomfortable amount of magic in the air. Come on down to Ethan's Costume Shop, Sunnydale's premier Samhain Emporium, for all your costume needs. You'll know it by the blood-curdling screams of delight emanating from the stockroom. Ethan's has it all. Baby monsters, pretty pretty princesses, G.I. bros, ghosty girlies, two statues dressed up as one statue, and absolutely no cats. Not only are the wares immaculate, but they come with a shocking twist. All costumes are guaranteed to last for the rest of your fleeting, mortal lives. Spirit Halloween can barely last the month of October. Ethan's dedicated staff of one will stop at nothing to make this the Halloween of your dreams. Because technically a nightmare is a type of dream, right? So he's offering you a special deal. 15% off everything for anyone who provides a video of themselves doing donuts outside the Sunnydale Library yelling, The Ripper is a soft baby! Is that a deal or what? You'll literally die from savings. We cannot make this any more obvious. Okay, so we open at Pop's Pumpkin Patch. And this, this, as opposed to Reptile Boy, this is good storytelling. We know it's Halloween, and we get to see lots of pumpkins explode. This is very show-not-tell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, we see our girl kicking ass, taking names, being resourceful, being quick on her feet in and in her brain. What can't she do? She can't show up for a date on time. Ugh! This episode made me really happy, not just because of the excellent writing and costumes, but also because the set design is so cute. They have little spooky spider webs and ghosties all over the bronze. They have little like Halloween decorations up all over the school. It's very festive. As someone who loves Halloween, the holiday, Mm -hmm. it really gets me. You do love Halloween. Melissa has had a storied history in loving Halloween. She's had great Halloween costumes. She's worked in a haunted house. She finally, after 10 years, got her long-term partner to do a couple's costume with her. No, I didn't. No! I didn't tell you, dude. Okay, so this is what happened. The male voice and I became legally bound through the bureaucratic art of marriage (laughs) on October 27th. So we were going to do a Halloween honeymoon in Santa Fe. And in Santa Fe... There is a train owned by George R.R. R. Martin that does like a haunted Halloween ride. And as a wedding gift, the male voice finally agreed to do a couple's costume with me. The first year we started dating, the first Halloween we were together, 10 years ago, <laughs> he said to me, I just want you to know, I don't do couple's costumes, so don't ask me. And I was like, first of all, I didn't ask you. <laughs> And second of all, it is now my mission to get you to do this. <laughs> do you know who he who he dressed as that year? Who? He and his best friend dressed as matching business juggalos, a couple's costume. Finally, after 10 years, he agreed to do a couple's costume with me. So I had the brilliant idea of being the two little twin girls from The Shining. <laughs> so we get to Santa Fe. And they lost our luggage. So we didn't get to do the matching couples costumes on the train. That's tragic. I just, I think that it's not meant to be, dude. Not, not, not your, not your marriage, but the guessing up. (laughs) Ominous. (laughs) Yeah, he, he really loves 
dressing up not with you. I know. He he told me that this year we could use the couple's costume. And if he doesn't, I'll kill him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just like stay away from trains, planes, perhaps automobiles. Just stay put and wear the dress. That's what I'm going to tell him all Halloween. Just stay put and wear the dress. <laughs> but yes, to, to return to the point, Melissa loves Halloween. And it was a very fun train regardless. Anyway... So we go to the the spooky spiderweb ghosty bronze and Angel's waiting there looking very morose in his shirt about four sizes too large. (laughs) The pale blue of it is really bringing out the undead pallor of his features. Yeah, the undertones of the undead. The undead tones. (laughs) Cordelia comes in and snakes Buffy's date and Angel is trying to pretend like he enjoys her banter and his attempt to smile really looks like Arnold trying to smile in Terminator 2. <laughs> I love Cordelia. She 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 believes that she can get anything she wants and I love that about her. The fact that she's so undeterred by Angel's clear disinterest. Like I think she's never seen it before and she doesn't know what it is. What is rejection to someone who's never experienced it? She has rejected all rejection from her life. Wow. Could God create a rejection so <laughs> big that you didn't experience it? Yeah, so he he's he's trying the best he can with our girl, but she she's tough. I love her. I know you do. So then Buffy shows up ruining Angel and Cordelia's date. Ruining. They have like a very dramatic angel tries to be like, oh, you still look cute, mama. You have dirt in your hair. Uh. Are you anti-angel now? No, I'm not anti-angel. I think I, when we were watching at the beginning, we were like on a roll and then now we're like back in it and then there's Spike. I'm just like, what do I do? Like, I don't know, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Angel's trying to make it work. Buffy takes a page from his book and starts saying ominous things out of nowhere and then flees the scene. Good for her. Good for her. We go to school where your new fave, Principal Snyder, is physically manhandling students to get them to volunteer. He's just so bad at his job. It's so funny. It's delightful. I love him so much. (laughs) Larry comes up and demasculates Xander. (sighs) Devastating. (laughs) like his way of dealing with it is then of course getting mad at Buffy so super helpful he says a black eye heals but cowardice has an unlimited shelf life the patriarchy truly hurts us all truly Buffy and Willow talk about the date Willow says Cordelia isn't his type oh she's so supportive even when she's very bad at giving advice Yeah, you can really tell that she doesn't have a lot of dating experience during these talks. No, she's, she's, she's so team her friends that she can't see the situation as it is. And also she's a kid. It's just very sweet. It's very sweet. I just, you'll never hear me criticize Willow. It's a long series, my friend. So the girlies, they have their little discussion and they decide to team up to do some hijinks. Mm -hmm. And we see them pop their two little faces through the little peephole in the library and there's a black cat decoration on it. That image is like seared into my brain as an image of cute friend adventures. It's very cute how they try to distract Giles and then finally pull the trump card of Miss Calendar. 
Miss Callender said you're a babe. <laughs> she was like, the idea of parental smooching. I was like, man, the, the dialogue of the 90s is rough. Yeah. But this is good, though. We have Angel and Buffy moving forward this episode. We have the resurgence of the Jenny Giles smooch relationship. Mm-hmm. A lot of things progressing. So they, they grab the Watcher Diaries and head to the bathroom for a gossip session. Mm. XOXO. So they find this etching of ye old Cordelia in there, like a very pretty noble lady. Mm-hmm. So then Cordelia arrives and she says, I'm a slayer of dating boys. I, I will say, I think it is funny how she's so confident and she just, she always like kind of steps in it with the Scooby gang because she, she just doesn't know, right? And any other person I think would evince a little bit of curiosity, but she's so self-motivated and so in her, in her own like head. Not, not even in her own head, actually. She's, she's just, she, it's just, it's her world and we're all living in it. That like all of these like things would kind of add up to maybe mean something, but she's just like, no, of course. And then back to me. Well, she just rejects anything that she doesn't like. Like what an icon. Yeah. They're like, he's a vampire. And she was like, no, no he isn't. No. <laughs> no, you're wrong. Or like when like the school shuts down. Or like with school hard and Spike and Co are running amok and she's just praying. She's just like she just like bounces back from that. She was like, well, glad glad nothing happened to me. Yeah, our Queen Cordelia always finds the silver lining. Queen of positivity. She's a toxic positivity bitch. Game recognizes game. So then we enter Ethan's costumes. What do you think is your best Halloween costume? Ooh. Okay. One year. I was Velma from Scooby-Doo, but I was zombie Velma. Yeah, that was good. I had a decapitated Scooby-Doo head, and we made some adjustments to it. So the Scooby-Doo's eye was popping out, and I made like a little spinal column that stuck out of its severed neck so I could Mm -hmm. swing it around. Mm -hmm. Oh, what am I I even saying? Of course it was Elizabeth Holmes. Y'all, Melissa... She went so fucking hard on the prep for Elizabeth Holmes. She watched every piece of media or listened to every piece of media she could to prep. Mm -hmm. She practiced the voice. I did. She got the contacts on that may have been accidentally stuck to her eyeballs. I did. Her cat almost ate the wig and she was like, it's the wig or the cat. The cat's got to go. You know what? It added authenticity. I believe that Elizabeth Holmes' hair had seen a few cats. <laughs> you you really like you transformed. I came alive. I have the whole Elizabeth Holmes outfit and when I put it on, I was like, <laughs> you know, I'm doing this as a bit, but I feel powerful. <laughs> I feel sleek. I feel professional. Yeah, I told her that if she ever does it again, I'll be her Sonny Balwani. <laughs> <laughs> Justice for an icon. <laughs> Man, getting pregnant twice to make yourself look sympathetic. Wow. Incredible. Incredible work. You did a you did a great job. Thank you. What's your greatest Halloween costume? I would say uh, I really enjoyed being Buster Bluth one year because mm-hmm. I got to wear pajamas in a bar and that was great. My most successful Halloween costume was in college when I dressed up as Bristol Palin for Halloween. That's right. Sarah Palin's pregnant daughter. Necessity is the mother of invention. I have put on a dress. I printed out a little uh, McCain-Palin sticker. 
I stuffed a pillow in the dress. I looked about 12 months pregnant. And the the response was incredible. Uh, I actually had someone think I was actually pregnant, which is uh, <gasps> straight through my heart. Straight through the heart! <laughs> wow. Let me tell you, if it if you can judge something with low effort, high reward, it was the best. Were you drinking when someone thought you were pregnant? I sure was. Sick. <laughs> Although that is, I mean, probably on brand for the costume. The Palin family, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was probably my best received costume. We've both done great things. <laughs> First they think you're crazy, then they fight you. Then you changed the world. Y'all, she did this to prep. It was so good. I did this so much that the male <laughs> voice was like, please, you can't method act all October. <laughs> I am so sorry to the male voice because I, of course, found it to be delightful. Oh, yeah. So did I. <laughs> I was like, sir, you can't keep a girl boss down. <laughs> do you want a blood machine? <laughs> I will. I do. I, I, let, please take my money. Was that how it goes? I'll take your money and then I'll take your blood. <laughs> oh my God. She's so good. <laughs> You're so good. She's not good. Yes. In the way that she's an actual person who did terrible things. Yeah. She, she kind of sucks. But the comedy angle, unmatched. No, truly. Like as a person and what she did, bad. As a vessel for camp. Incredible. Perfect. No notes. <laughs> Anyways, back to Ethan Allen. Right. So they go to Ethan Allen. Xander is doing a very Jeff Winger style costume where he just (laughs) buys a fake gun, a cheap accessory to make the costume. Ethan Rain enters in his very loose fitting sort of puce colored slimy button down. Mm -hmm. He sort of oozes in. I didn't like how skulky he was with the miners. No, 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 no. Didn't like that either. Ooh, a princess. Yeah, ew, ew. No one should be that excited, ew. We're beginning to think something might be amiss. <laughs> Maybe he loves Halloween too much. Hmm. We cut to Spike in his underground lair. He is reviewing the slaying footage like a little football coach. <laughs> He's got all the ring cameras giving him access to all the things <laughs> happening. All right. How did you feel about Drusilla in this scene? Ugh. What is her deal? Does she, does she have anemia? Like, what is this? Probably some sort of blood thing. <laughs> Someone just, like, get her to eat some spinach. Like, this, this, what is this? What is this? She's predicting the future, Aditi. I know, no, I know, I know, I know. I just, I just, I find her whole thing exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> I literally was watching this and she came on screen and I was like, ew. <laughs> if you could give her a different personality, what would it be? I would, I would, I don't know. I would give her Bristol Palin's personality over this. <laughs> she would just be pregnant. She would just, just be pregnant and toting a gun. Pew pew. I uh, no. She's she she was predicting the future. She serves a purpose. I appreciate her purpose. She's serving a purpose. Your Honor. She's not serving for me, but she is serving a purpose. <laughs> Fortune teller Drew says uh, some weird shit about outside switching to inside and she knows Buffy will be weak tomorrow because someone's going to fuck shit up on Halloween. Mm -hmm. And then we go back to the costume shop. We see Ethan Allen in the back (laughs) 
With the cute Janus statue. <laughs> with the handsome Janus statue. Yes. What's his deal? <laughs> Who is he? <laughs> I'd like his outside and my inside. <laughs> Is that too risky for this pod? Well, I was making, maybe. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Cut it out. 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 So Ethan Rain is doing a uh, a ritual and he's got his monk's robes on, but he mm-hmm. has his oversized puce button down <laughs> shirt sticking out. <laughs> it's like hard to take his villainry serious when he's like. Ready to be a small business owner at the drop of a hat. Maybe capitalism is the true villain here. My God. Between you and Elizabeth Holmes. It all comes back to this. It all (laughs) comes back to blood. (laughs) So the girlies are getting ready. They're putting on their costumes. We see Buffy in her princess dress. Mm -hmm. Did it awaken any Victorian yearning in you? Well, so I don't want to belabor timelines too much, but my understanding is that this is 1775. Mm Mm-hmm. So this would be like more Georgian because it was when King George was the king. Oh. Yeah. Unfortunately, I have to know what's happening in England because I need to know what my uh, oppressors are doing. So wait, what is, how do the Georgians get down? Is it slow like the Victorians? No, actually, because the Victorian era was a return back to being like super prudish and like regimented. Mm -hmm. And so like in the like 1700s, like towards the end, which is when King George was there, it was objectively probably less prudish than the victorian era wow so yeah like that's why like the idea of like a lot of like puritanical sensibilities came from that time period wow yeah i had no idea so were you like kind of pissed at this rendition no i thought that the dress was great i mean so like like late 1700s is like you know it's independence war here etc etc then like the early 1800s like 1810 onward that's when like the bridgerton series is set so like, it's more in line with that costuming. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah. You're so smart. You're my smartest friend. I am your friend who learns enough to understand tawdry Netflix programming. So speaking of tawdry, mm. our girl Willow comes out in her Thought Willow costume. Hands on my knees. She's on her thought shit and she looks fucking awesome. I really love how excited Buffy is yeah. to see her looking so great. Girlies supporting girlies. Girlies supporting girlies. Yeah. And I also understand Willow, like, objectively looking amazing and seeing herself and thinking, like, I cannot. Yes. I cannot wear this. Yes. I I get that. Oh, yeah. Especially, like, at that age, you're like, oh, my God, I'm feeling so exposed. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're young, you don't know how to use it. And then you get older and you wish you had used it. It's a whole Mm -hmm. thing. Whole thing. (laughs) So she can't do it. She puts on her her little ghosty costume. They head to the school. The children enter. Cordelia enters. <laughs> Oz enters. What did it awaken in you to see Oz? One of the reasons I love this episode so much is because it's a great Willow Oz yearning episode. There's so many sliding doors moments for them. I love this trope of like two people just missing each other when you're like, no, but they would be perfect together. Mm-hmm. It's always, always good, clean fun. Yeah. I love Xander giving instructions to the children like an army man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So they take to the streets. Things go awry. There is madness. Willow is dying. Up is down. Xander's becoming confident. Willow is a slutty ghost. Buffy is a damsel in distress. I thought that the transformation of Xander, good for him. He He got some backbone. He got some resolve. 
you know, all of this is accessible to him without playing G.I. Joe, but he needed the visage of G.I. Joe to be that bro. I thought that the way that they play out the like damsel is funny because it's so clearly not who Buffy is normal. And I did like the joke that they made like earlier when they're looking at the Watcher diaries and she's like, oh, wouldn't it be great to live back in that time? And Willow was like, well, you know, I like to vote. Mm-hmm. Willow, she's keeping it 100. I love her. Because I think like Buffy can steer so much into like, I just want like a normal life and no responsibilities. And then Willow is gently there to remind her like, no, <laughs> this the life you have is the life you have. I love how Willow immediately was like, okay, Sam Leon, who knows what's happening? I got to fix it. Yeah. It's just such a lovely form of chaos. And I think that it showcases the acting talents of all of these people. Because just like in the Hyena episode, you really can tell a difference in Xander. And you can definitely tell a difference in Buffy. And Willow's is more subtle, but I think you can tell a difference with her too. Mm -hmm. Even just in like being resolved. Mm -hmm. I think that they chose really well the people who played all these parts because they have such a great range. And when they do these sort of like dreams or body switching things, it's done so well. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy everyone's performance here. Yeah. And it's it's funny, but it's not like too overdone. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like the, the damsel doesn't have a brain. She just is like, this is not her world. Right. And when all of this is happening, Army Xander looks at the camera and says, this could be a situation. And I had a visceral, like, intrusive image of Mike Sorrentino. <laughs> your, your, your taste is exquisite. It is, it defies category. It is all in service of a higher power. It's incredible. It's trash, is what you're saying. <laughs> it's trash. You worship at the altar of gym, tan, and laundry. I, I do. <laughs> so then... Spike walks through and has an excellent line. He says, well, this is just neat. I love how this show takes a second to like really revel in the joy and chaos that it creates. Yeah, it's like you said at the end of School Hard where he's like, we're going to start having a little bit more fun around here. Mm -hmm. It is. It's fun. It is fun. We do have fun. So Angel arrives. He doesn't seem that impressed by Buffy's fancy garb. Mm. He goes vampire at her and she gets scared and runs away Mm -hmm. willow runs and gets giles giles figures out that it's the costumes or willow figures out that it's the costumes giles and ethan face off i would love to know what you thought when it's revealed that giles and ethan rain know each other i gasped i emotionally spit taked i'm very interested because you know like Giles so far is, we've really not delved into his backstory. We have a little bit of color added with the Jenny Callender storyline, but in general, he's just like, I gotta take care of this girl. I gotta, I gotta do right by her and the prophecy and spend this entire school budget on arcane books. So I don't really, so like we don't have a background and, but like there must be one, right? I think like it would have been such a failure of the imagination for the writers to just make him him. So I think that this is great. I think it adds a lot more interest. Like, I think why I like this episode is that all of the characters get sussed out in a way that is like interesting and has more ability to be engaging. And I think one of the criticisms of season one is like, it's it's obviously played 
for like monster of the week but it's also very flat mm-hmm. whereas like you get more you have more depth with all of the various characters uh jenny calendar's trauma banks notwithstanding so would you like to take a guess at anything that happened in giles's past i think it would be too obvious if he were also a vampire i don't think that's what's happening so ripper i mean obviously your brain goes to jack the ripper I am assuming that he must have some magical quality because he must have some, he must have some either like deeper relation with the magical spiritual world rather than just being the guide to Buffy. There must be something there that he either has a closer like relationship with or is part of that part of the magical world. Do we get to find out soon? I want to know. We find out. Okay, good. Oh, thank God. (laughs) I loved that bad daddy Giles, all that training with Buffy must have helped him too because he like sucker punches Ethan Rain and then he goes to calmly polish his glasses. Mm. I love it. I mean, as someone who would like to be able to sucker punch and then polish glasses in a quick succession, aspirational. Mm-hmm. Spike and Buffy face off. <gasps> oh no, your boyfriends got smashed. The two statue faces. Uh, when you said my two boyfriends got smashed, I was like, you have to be more specific. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so my my sweet Yanush Himbo, perfect of face, little of thought. Sad to see you go, man. So your boyfriends die. Buffy is back. Everyone, everyone switches back to normal. Mm-hmm. Willow is alive. Mm-hmm. Xander and Cordelia are both rejected by their crushes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That moment that you... Mm -hmm. astutely sussed out Mm. i also want to point out that xander was like i prefer my woman in spandex and cordelia is like yeah oh yeah yeah and she like makes a joke about like this is not breathable Mm -hmm. so so we go to where willow is alive the confidence she has gained from this wild and crazy halloween means that she feels okay not wearing her ghost costume yeah and there's this really really great oz moment where Mm -hmm. he's driving by and he sees her and he says who is that girl this moment has meant a lot to me over the years yeah so sweet so cute you know what i noticed upon this viewing Mm -hmm. no one is driving that fucking car (laughs) (laughs) well they got the self-driving cars oz is sitting in the passenger side and the car is just rolling along (laughs) he's like who is that girl Wow, Elon did it. He did it back in 1997. Elno, please. <laughs> this is absolutely devastating to me. <laughs> One of the most romantic, romantic images in all of television history. Besmirched by Elno. <laughs> My God, can't have nothing. Can't have nothing. <laughs> Imagine if you watch it again and you zoomed it enhanced and the van was a Tesla. That fucking Scooby-Doo van, that (laughs) mystery machine. Has a little laptop in the front. I'm so sad. It's such a stupid thing to do. Why wouldn't they just put him in the driver's side? (laughs) Because I guess it wouldn't be safe for him to take his eyes off the road. It is a teen show. It, uh, well, (laughs) check and mate. Yeah, well, you know, they all don't make sense. There's no one driving the car. There's no one driving the car. I'm sorry, buddy. This is worse than Animorphs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was very sweet. I very much enjoyed it. And then we get, I think the last two scenes are 
awesome because they set up movement in the romantic uh, way and then they also set up this hopefully we delve more into the storyline of the ripper yes so buffy and angel get to smooch smooch city smooch city and then giles goes by the now defunct spirit halloween (laughs) where ethan rain has left a note like be seeing ya (laughs) in the spirit of spirit halloween they packed up real quick Mm -hmm. here today gone tomorrow (laughs) i thought it was super fun i thought it was a fun episode i think that it is hitting a lot of the things that it was that I was missing from the show with deepening character arcs, having more fun, developing like the storyline both from like a season perspective but also a character perspective. So without further ado, high stakes. High stakes. A delight. Now we have so long to think of your next Halloween costume. All right, guys. Send us your favorite Halloween costumes. Yes, please do. Well, I'll be seeing you at the pumpkin patch. I will be wearing a pumpkin costume. (laughs) You're my baby. (laughs) Always be my baby. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another fantastic episode of Big Mistake. Be sure to check out our socials at Big Mistake Pod on Twitter and Instagram to see all of the outfits discussed in each episode, Slay Your Name. If you have any messages for us, or if the apocalypse comes, beep us via social media or by email at bigmistake at gmail.com. That's B-I-G-M-I-S-S-S-T-A-K-E. Review and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform to absolutely make our day. Catch you at the bronze.